Hi, I'm Ashley Chandler, adolescent and parent educator and founder of Elevated Adolescence. And I'm on a mission to help middle schoolers and parents like you carve a more seamless path through these often turbulent years. Imagine having the beliefs, the strategies and the support that you both need and feeling confidence and connection beyond your wildest dreams. This podcast aims to bring you these things each week by integrating the art, science, and soul of raising an early adolescent. If you're ready to elevate adolescence, listen in now. I don't want to go on spring break. It's going to be so boring. These were the words my daughter spoke recently, and honestly, my first reaction was anger. What I would have given as an 11-year-old growing up in the Midwest to go to the mountains and go skiing for spring break. Doing this in my later teen years could not have been cooler. How dare she be so entitled? I am not raising an entitled kid. And I told her this. I told her in so many words that in her response, I felt like she was being ungrateful and entitled. And I reminded her of all the struggling happening in the world and how fortunate we are that we can go to the mountains, ski and be peaceful. Then this morning, I had an aha moment. In her early adolescent brain, this sense-making from my adult perspective and how fortunate we are doesn't connect to what she's really feeling, which is anxiety. Anxiety presents as internally your heart's racing or sweaty palms, or externally you might be easily irritated or distracted with phrases such as, I don't want to, I don't like it, it sounds boring, It's going to be too hard. In other words, resistance, rebellion, and avoidance. So many adolescents and and adults are experiencing a rise in anxiety like never before, as our brain's instinct has been in fight or flight for several years now. If we can prevent ourselves from the discomfort of the unknown, then we'll stay alive. Not knowing the future or ruminating on the past causes our anxiety. And over the last few years, our brains have been trained to be even more anxious. We've sensed danger around every corner because of our access to media, the news, updates on COVID, and balancing life with work and family all in the same home. Even outside of COVID, if you haven't been living as if COVID's happening, there's still a lot of stress and anxiety is on the rise. Sometimes engaging online has been the escape that so many people have craved, but we didn't realize how much harm this escape was doing to our kids and to ourselves. You've heard me say it several times on this podcast, but if you're just listening for the first time, here's what I want you to understand. In early adolescence, the emotional center of your kid's brain, their amygdala, it's in charge. So if you haven't listened to my Executive Function 101 podcast, I'm going to put it in the show notes. As a quick review, your kid's brain is developing from the back to the front. 
and that front part of their brain where the forehead is, is called the prefrontal cortex. And this is the part of their brain that's responsible for all their executive functions, rational thinking, impulse control, time management, organization, self-regulation, and so on. And this part of the brain is under construction until their mid-20s, sometimes even early 30s. So there's a ton of hope. They're going to get there. They're going to be stronger in their executive functioning. And there's real scientific evidence to back the fact that they're dramatic and irrational right now for a purpose. And also, it also gives us some real evidence as to why anxiety is on the rise. Neuroscientist Joseph Ledoux is really the leading expert in this field and his work and how we've come to learn so much about how our brains are shaped by our emotions, as well as how human learning and memory are changed by emotions. So I've linked to his work in the show notes as well. Now, if you have one takeaway from this episode, it's this. Okay, if you're multitasking, I love it when one of my favorite podcasters says this because as a mother who isn't multitasking, right? But if you are multitasking right now, come back to my voice right here. If you have one takeaway from the episode, it's this. One of the key pieces to your job as the parent of an early adolescent is to help decode these emotions that they are having and their impact on their mind and behavior. So here I am, an quote unquote expert in this. And the truth is my husband was the one who reminded me of this this morning. I'd love to take credit. He's definitely a training for me, but I'm super, (laughs) he's also learned this on his own. So I'm not going to take the credit in this instance. The truth is that my anger and frustration with her saying she was going to be bored had been in the way of me helping her decode what her resistance and rebellion was really about. I was offended that she was being entitled and ungrateful, but what was underneath was anxiety. So I share this because there will be some days that you get this right and others that you don't. And that's okay. We're all human and we can all take the steps to build awareness and then repair. So to get ahead of it and decode and regulate ourselves more often than not, I've got a simple three-step process for you to decode anxiety with your early adolescent. Step one, dig into what they're communicating. This means you see beneath the surface of the behavior. There is always a root. Anger, underneath anger, the root is typically fear. Underneath resistance, it might be perfectionism, or it might be a need for control, or a fear that someone's going to get hurt. So just get curious on your own time as you pay attention to what they're communicating. And remember, communication happens between all of us 24 hours a day. It's not just about the words that we say. We are always communicating and your adolescent, your early adolescent is always communicating to you. So just get curious about what they're communicating on your own time. Now, I know this can be a challenge as I so perfectly demonstrated in my story of 
blocking my own ability to be able to decode her anxiety. But even after the fact, you can make sense of their words, their rebellion, their resistance, or their irritation. So this is the step to practice keeping an open mind and be, and remaining as non-judgmental as possible. Again, dig into what they're communicating on your own time. Step two, open the doors of communication. Truthfully, your kid will likely never or rarely say first, I have anxiety. Their anxiety will present in the ways I mentioned above. Again, it's heart racing, sweaty palms, distractibility, avoidance, numbing out with electronics or overeating, rebellion or resistance. Anything they think is going to keep them feeling safe. So your job is to keep the doors of communication open. Now, I created the Relate Method to guide parents just like you on how to keep those lines of communication open. It's free. Again, I've linked it in the show notes. It's also on my resources page on my website. And it's absolutely invaluable in understanding how you can go deeper to strengthen your bond, keep those lines of communication open. But I'm going to give you a small breakdown here. The truth is, is that along the way, if your kid isn't opening up to you, it may be because unknown to you, they are conditioned to not feel like they can be safe or seen with their emotions. They may feel like they are talked down to or lectured. If we aren't able to feel our emotions, we numb them and then they build up. Ways we all, especially our adolescents, can numb that pain or those emotions might look like, again, overeating, numbing out with electronics, media, or being easily distractible. We avoid feeling the feeling thinking it's going to go away. And here's a real big thing I want you to get. It's never going to go away if you layer on numbing behaviors. The only way for it to go away is to experience it and to feel it. So if you're talking more than you're listening, be weary. This is a good place to start repairing that connection. One of my professional heroes, Dr. Shafali says, you have to get in through the back door with adolescents indirectly. So the way you get in through the back door and through the back door means if you were to go in through the front door, you might say things like, why are you anxious? Or um, what's wrong with you? They are going to shut down. So through the back door, start by getting vulnerable yourself. Share if you've been feeling anxious about something, be willing to be seen yourself for exactly who you are and admit you are far from perfect. And then you can also get in through the back door and show up with your own body language. Turn towards them when they're irritable or uncomfortable. Now, I know that goes against some of our techniques for self-preservation, right? Who wants to turn towards someone that might be yelling at them or that might be crying or screaming? But this works. Put earplugs in, get closer to them, or just sit in the room. Stay there. It might be uncomfortable. You're just going to sit there. 
and create that safe space. Don't run away when your kid says in so many words, I'm worried, I'm scared, or I'm nervous. Next, allow them to feel this full range of emotions. So again, you're going to sit with them, bring presence to your connection, let them know that nothing they could say or feel will scare you. You're there. Invite them to share all their feelings. Because remember, there are no bad feelings. It's what we do with them that matters. Say those exact words. Their emotions are impacting their mind and they're in this thought loop. And then this creates their anxious behavior. So get to the emotions, allow them to come out without trying to fix or solve anything quite yet. Just listen and be there. Roll with it like you're kind of rolling in the ocean with a wave. As the parent, you got to create that space where feelings are allowed for your early adolescent and I know for so many of you who were raised by parents who maybe weren't the most emotionally available people, this might be a real challenge for you because you didn't grow up in the same way. So you might be learning how to do this, how to allow yourself to have emotions right alongside with them. That's not uncommon. And I just want to encourage you to do the work right alongside with them. You don't need to be an expert at this in order to experience the benefits as a parent and also to relay the benefits and to deepen your connection with your early adolescent. So even include them in on that and say, you know, grandma and grandpa, they weren't the best at this. So I'm learning how to express my emotions right alongside with you. But I know this works. I know it does. Just listen Just be there. Just allow the feelings to come. And, you know, deep breaths are sometimes all that's needed on your end. You don't, I want you really to, I was going to say, you don't have to say the right thing. You never have to say the right thing. Release that need to feel like you got to have the perfect thing to say and just be, just breathe deep, just show up with your body. Step three, transform the anxiety. In order to transform the anxiety, once they've expressed the emotions, whatever those are, just let them all out. You can gently kind of transition them to remind them of there's nothing wrong with them. Explain what's happening in their brain. And then they can really train their brain. They can learn to train their brain and to harnessing, kind of getting their power back and changing their relationship to the anxiety. Instead of seeing it as this bad thing, they can see it as fuel for greater energy, excitement, and courage. Because the truth is, is that their brain doesn't know the difference. It interprets the feeling, however you're thinking. So this process is like building a muscle and repetition and consistency are key. You can't just go to the gym once or work out one time and have you know, lean, strong muscles, you really have to go over and over again. So that's exactly how it is to train your mind to train your brain to really change the relationship you have with anxiety and to help them do the same. And then this is really cool. Share with them the concept. So there's this concept of post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Oftentimes post-traumatic stress is a result 
of emotions that are repressed and not faced. And so you have stress and anxiety and trauma over and over and over and over. Post-traumatic growth means those emotions and those experiences are processed. So you can really grow through any challenge. You can grow through anything that feels really hard or anything that feels really traumatic as it relates to anxiety. And then let them know that these emotions that they feel, they're really like guideposts, like you're driving down the street and you've got the stop sign and then you've got the turn signal and these kind of guideposts telling you how to get from point A to point B. Your emotions can really be that way too. We can use them as information along the way and they can move us through an experience and then they move through us and then we can move on. And since you're a guide on that path to their post-traumatic growth, you can guide them to identify a few different things. First, what can they control? This is so huge. So much of life can feel out of control and especially to your early adolescent. In that anxious state, we are focused on what we can't control nine times out of 10. Other people, other situations, the future outcomes, someone else's feelings, all of those things are out of our control. So transforming their anxiety is about helping them when reminding them what they can control and that's how they can regain their power. To cultivate a sense of post-traumatic growth, you can help them learn this. They must name it to tame it. So name the feeling, name it that they're anxious. Get in the habit of saying, I think I'm feeling anxious right now. That won't happen initially, but then you can say it and then they can be really those detectives and help decode their own emotion. You can list it, you can write it out, get really specific. And once they've done this and they've expressed what that is for them, then there could be like kind of a space, like an invitation or a gap in space for you to ask, what exactly do you think is making you anxious right now? And if you ask this before the emotions have come out, like if you try to solve this before you have created the space where they can just feel what they're feeling, you are very likely to get shut down. It's like, you know, I love my husband. He is Mr. Fix-It and immediately wants to go into solve-it mode, right? And so when I am, he's learned over time, but sometimes it can happen and it's definitely happened in the past where if I have a challenge or I'm feeling something really deeply, he immediately wants to figure out how to solve it versus just sitting there with me so I can just feel it, right? And I will shut down and so will your adolescent. This is not just dependent on their age. This is just a human reaction. People need to feel the space to be heard. So wait for that space. And then you can go into problem solving after they've gotten out the emotion. So using my own daughter's anxiety as an example, after decoding her behavior, we learned she was most nervous. She, it's like she actually was kind of excited to go to the mountains, but she was nervous about the altitude and the car ride. Because the last time we went on this exact trip, her brother got sick. So after crying many tears and 
being able to open up and share, then we were able to strategize and problem problem solve. And now that we've strategized on how to handle it when this happens, she became an active piece to the solution rather than passively experiencing anxiety and just feeling like it's out of her hands or out of her control. Also, the best thing we can do is model how to turn our own pain into greater purpose. For example, this is, it's so heavy right now, but what's happening in Ukraine has really impacted a rise in my own anxiety. And I know it has for so many others too. It's just incredibly painful. And I I honestly hate nothing more than seeing kids or families, humans, animals suffer and be in pain. So the best thing that I can do is to turn this pain and this deep empathy I feel into meaningful purpose, reach out and spread kindness in my own heart and in the hearts of people listening to this now in the heart of you. And then just in my day to day. And I really want you to share this message with your kid because this is a way that they can also get their power back. It's okay to have anxiety And it's not something to be ashamed of or afraid of. And once we have processed the emotions, once we have decoded what the anxiety is really about, we can strategize and then we can be a force for good. We can spread kindness in the smallest ways and then model helping other people. First, give to yourself, then to others. Repeat after me. My own needs matter and my emotions don't scare me. So this modeling matters to them and they are paying attention whether they ever admit it to you. And this is how you both build that resilience, that growth and become strong anxiety decoders over time. To review, going back from the beginning, anxiety most frequently presents as resistance, rebellion, or avoidance. And one of the key pieces to your job as the parent of an early adolescent is to help decode those emotions and that impact that those emotions have on their mind and that and their behavior that they're showing you. And that simple three-step process to decode their emotions for review, step one, Dig into what they're communicating on your own time. Step two, open the doors of communication. Download that Relate Method in the show notes for a blueprint on how to do this and start with listening more than talking and then allowing those emotions to flow. Step three, transform the anxiety. In short, focus on what you can control and turn your pain and their pain. Help them see how you can turn it into purpose. I am so grateful you listened today. I know this is a big one. It's on so many people's heart and souls and minds right now. There is a lot of suffering. Anxiety is so much higher. And I also think people are talking about it more. So I hope this is incredibly useful to you as You help to become that invaluable guide to your kid and yourself on 
the journey of early adolescence. Thank you so much for listening to the Elevated Adolescence Podcast. You know, there are millions of parents and early adolescent kids struggling around the world. If you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review so more people like you can feel relief. They can have that knowledge. They can have these tools and then they can be elevated through these early adolescent years. Join me next week for another episode. And remember, you and your kid were made for each other to learn, to grow, and to become the best humans you can be. Thank you.